A-List, Thursday, February 1, 2024. And as they are stoning Stephen, he calls out and says, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. He then falls on his knees under the barrage of heavy stones. He cries out in a loud voice, Lord, he says with the last drop of strength, do not place this sin on their account. And having said that, he falls asleep. Acts 7, 59, 60. Talk about an A-list. For the record, I have never been to an A-list event, or a B-list, or, or even a C-list. But I don't really lose sleep over it. Hoity-toity soirees can be so boring. Uh, not that I would know or care to know. I prefer family gatherings on Sabbath. This chapter is about a gathering of Bible A-list type people. And the person at the center of this discourse, his last discourse, is a godly man named Stephen. Stephen has been called to the council, the highest level of religious piety and power. Stephen remains silent throughout the preliminary banter of witnesses and commentary. The place is getting hotter by the minute. Stephen remains silent. Finally, after the rabid and false accusations aimed at the deacon, one of the council members, the high priest in fact, asks one simple question. Is what they say true? That is all it takes to open up the floodgates of Stephen's defense and discourse combined. It is truly an alias beginning with Abraham, ending with Solomon. But his discourse, a combination of speech and sermon from the patriarchal days of Abraham and Moses to David and Solomon, as he opines on the high points of the nation of Israel. Yes, there were other names, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, Aaron, Joshua. Each of these men brings an insight into the workings of God during the multiple eras of biblical history. There is a thread going through Stephen's defense and vindication wrapped together in a condensed history of God's working through these misfits and flawed men of faith. But it all leads to the promise of the seed, a promise made soon after the fall of man, Genesis 3.15. The indictment comes from the righteous Stephen. He says, Oh, you stiff-necked and uncircumcised people, in your heart and ears, you always resist the Holy Spirit, just like your fathers did, just like you. Which of the prophets did your fathers not persecute? They also killed those who foretold about the coming of the righteous one, the same one you betrayed and murdered. And in a perfect juxtaposition, while Stephen is being murdered, a young man is taking care of the garments of those throwing the heavy rocks onto the head of the beloved deacon. Stephen's last three statements recorded are, are a testament to his heart. First, his confession. Behold, I see the heavens open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. Second, his assurance. Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And finally, his heart. Lord, do not place this sin on their account. Echoing the final words of Jesus, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. The last name mentioned in this repulsive and redeeming chapter is the name Saul. He was consenting to the punishment inflicted on Stephen. Stephen's death opened the gospel door for that Pharisee to change the face of Christianity forever. The road is going to get a bit bumpy, though. Stay tuned. Abba, I'm such a poor specimen compared to the giants like Stephen. 
I pray that I might morph into something beautiful for the kingdom. Please, help me. In Jesus' name, amen.